This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Why Is Everyone Yelling with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. This is a podcast for parents or anybody helping raise kids. And my hope is that each episode gives you a little something you can take and apply to your own life. Today's episode is episode 30 and we're talking with Sarah Olsher. We are talking about how to talk to our kids about difficult things. Sarah is the mother of one and by the age of 35, she had battled cancer and gone through a divorce. While the world around her was constantly changing, Sarah recognized that her daughter's life was also changing. She questioned how to have conversations about these hard topics with her daughter, how to protect her, how to help her in every way possible as they developed a new normal. So Sarah used her life circumstances to create something that is helpful to other parents who might be going through similar issues. She founded Mighty and Bright, which helps parents lead their children through the rough parts of life, whether it's divorce, a parent with cancer, a child with cancer, or a pandemic. Mighty and Bright resources aid parents and children. This is a great episode full of useful information for any parent, and I truly hope you enjoy it. If you do get something out of this episode, please share it with a friend you think might also benefit, and leave us a quick rating and review That is a huge help in new listeners finding us. Okay, enjoy my conversation with Sarah Olsher. Today on Why Is Everyone Yelling? We have Sarah Olsher on the show today. Welcome to the show, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you as well. And today we're going to talk about some things that are hard to talk about. Um, One of the topics for this podcast that I knew I wanted to touch on was divorce. So Sarah, can you kind of share with us how you became passionate about helping parents talk to their kids about topics like divorce and also cancer diagnosis and just hard things that parents have to talk to their kids about? Yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately, I have become very comfortable talking about really uncomfortable things with my daughter. And I wish that it weren't because like things keep affecting us. But unfortunately, it's all like you were saying, it's from personal experience. Um, So when I was, I think I'd been married for about five years, my daughter was a year and a half old, Um, I left my marriage. um, And it was really a toxic situation. And I didn't want her to grow up with that. Um, I realized there were a lot of things that I was willing to put up with myself. Mm. Um, But when it came to I new love like I had for my daughter and I didn't want her to experience some of the things that were happening in our house. So we left and I had just everything fell apart. Like she was having a lot of anxiety. Um, She was just, she was really young and I realized I, you know, I have a background in psychology, but it was all about grownups, not about kids. And so the thing that I wanted to figure out was basically how to help her because she was really struggling. So when she was two, I went to a child therapist 
And I was like, is this too young to to have yeah. a kid in therapy? And she said, well, you know, I get that question a lot. And she said, no, you know, actually, if we deal with problems when kids are really young, then it, it takes care of the issue so that it doesn't show up later on. And so she gave me a lot of skills and really sparked a fire me to learn more about little kids. Um, and then as my daughter has aged, I'm like, wow, they just get even more interesting. Interesting <laughs> so, and complicated. Um, interesting and complicated and, and actually more like us than we would think. You know, I think a lot of parents wouldn't think to take their young kid to a therapist. But the truth is that therapist helped me learn how to communicate with her in a way that she really understood. And it was a lot of like, you know, age appropriate, like words, but really open and honest conversations, validating her feelings. Some of the same things that you might do when you're talking to an adult friend, like, man, that sounds really hard, you know, but also helping to like name their experience because they don't really know what's going on. So she really taught me that as parents, we need to help our kids make sense of what's going on in their heads. Um, and so one of the things that she did during our sessions was she had this like construction paper piece of paper that she'd drawn lines on to turn it into a calendar. And she was mm. explaining when we were going to see her next. And I thought that's cool. Um, you know, like she was explaining how kids are visual learners. And so as time went on, I was like, you know what, like this could probably help a lot of different things that are happening in our lives. Like my daughter was never sure when she was going to mm. see her dad next. And so I talked to the therapist about it and I was like, what do you think about creating a calendar that would show her when she was going to see her dad next? And the therapist was like, absolutely. We use these calendars all the time for all kinds of different things. So I had a background in illustration in addition to my <laughs> psychology background. It all just kind of came together. Um, and I had done these drawings of our family. And so I made them into little magnets and I put them on this like cheap, like refrigerator drip tray that was magnetic and hung it on the wall in our kitchen. And I could not believe the difference that it made for her. Like just being able to see at two, two and a half, what was going on in our lives really made a lot of sense to her. Um, it helped her to stop worrying so much. And when you think about like how we organize ourselves under stress, like we make lists, mm -hmm. like we have our calendars. Totally. Our like all we needed to do was basically make sense of what was going on in their heads because they don't have that ability. I, so, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much because you know, and a resounding theme I hear when I talk to people on this podcast is like, we are more alike than different with our kids. And, you know, it's like when our kids are losing control over things they can't control. Well, how do we feel when we're in situations when we can't control, you know, what's going we on? <laughs> we get out of, we, we feel out of control. And yeah. so I love that the simplicity of, of just putting it in front of her so that she can see on a daily basis what to expect. That's what it is. Like, you want to know what to expect. What's ahead for me? What's happening on Friday? What's happening on Saturday? And I sometimes get annoyed with my kids when they ask me all these questions. And I I, I try to go back and think, well, you would want to know what was going on. You want to know what's happening next. So that's so brilliant. Yeah. 
it really, it's a game changer. And, you know, I introduced this calendar when she was two. That was eight years ago. She still uses it. That's so it's, awesome. It's a, it is a really incredible thing that has been life changing for her. And as time has gone on and we've encountered more things, like I was diagnosed with breast cancer when she was seven. Um, and I had to figure out how to talk to her about that. I had to figure out how to make sense of treatment because it is confusing and complicated and feels like it goes on forever. Um, you know, we have blended our family with my partner and his daughter. Um, you know, when is the other kid going to be in the house? You know, it's like all of these things, even just after school activities, you think that the kid has it in their head, but it's like, when you have something in your head, like you're still referencing your calendar. Yeah. You're still making notes of things. Like, you know, I think it's, it's as she gets older and I think to myself, well, she knows she has, you know, horseback riding lessons on Thursdays, but there's something about seeing it. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Yeah. There's a reason we buy calendars and we like to fill them up and visualize what everything mm -hmm. looks like. I'm the queen though of buying. I didn't this year, but in the past I've bought like all these different calendars. And I end up sort of using one. This yeah. year I bought this massive one that that's like big that I, yeah. I think it's helped me because I, I can like just visualize the entire month a little bit better and I can mm -hmm. fit in more in each square. Um, yeah. Well, let's talk about talking to your daughter or if someone else is walking through this right now. I mean, your daughter was so young when you got divorced, but this is, I'm assuming, an ongoing conversation. So how do you even approach that once she's to the age where she realizes like, oh, other families, the parents might be married and why does our family look different and what does that mean, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I, I think I didn't do it right in the beginning um, because there really wasn't anything out there that worked for what I wanted or, you know, really realized. And I, I rectified that once when I had cancer, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um, but basically I, I learned recently that divorcing parents talk to their kids on average for 10 minutes wow. about their divorce. Wow. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Because here's the thing. Like, it's a crappy conversation. It's horrible. It hurts you to see your kids hurting. You know, it, it's just a terrible conversation. And we hope that by informing them that maybe we won't have to have this conversation anymore. But the truth is, it has to be an ongoing conversation. And it has to be something where you are bringing it up and not waiting for mm -hmm. them to come to you. Because especially as kids get older, they start to try and protect their parents from uncomfortable situations. And they keep the things inside. And that is like the last thing that we want to do. And so I think when something difficult is happening, a lot of parents reach for books. And um, those are great resources for a number of reasons. The first is that kids learn visually and so and by repetition. And so having a book that covers the topic that you can read over and over again, and it touches on all the important points, is a really a good way to start the conversation and to keep it going. 
The second is I love the calendar because it serves as like a, as a visual reminder that the kids, um, that this is not a taboo topic. You know, it's sitting there on the wall. This is what our family looks like. This is what's going to happen each day. Um, And then you keep bringing it up and saying, you know, how are you feeling about, you know, going to your other parents' house on, you know, Tuesday? You know, um, do you have any questions? Are you, it's okay if you're feeling angry? You know, all of your feelings are okay. Um, And so I think part of what confused me in the beginning with before I saw the therapist was like, I just assumed at 18 months old that my daughter didn't know what was going on Mm. because she was really not super verbal. I mean, she was 18 months old, right? Um, she couldn't read, you know, I just kind of assumed that she, that she didn't need an explanation that she just needed, you know, me there. And that is a hundred percent wrong. Um, you know, we just need to explain it in a, in a simplified way which is where we now have, we used to have one house and now we have two houses. Daddy lives at one house. We live at the other house. You will see daddy when you go to the other house. Um, we just kind of like assume that these changes are happening and, you know, they'll figure it out, but they don't, <laughs> they don't figure it out until we start talking about it. And I think for us too, as she got older, we were, the first to get divorced and where we were living at the time, basically no one else was divorced. And so we had to keep talking about that. In um, your group of friends. And yeah. In our group of friends in her classes. Yeah. Um, I everybody waited till their kids were like fifth grade. And then I, <laughs> I feel like I'm entering the age where it's happening a lot more. I'm 37 yeah. now. And I think um, the other part of that is like, I think as kids get older, parents are like, I don't know how to have this conversation with my 10 year old that we're getting a divorce and their behavior is changing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that is how kids ask for help. Um, and you know, there's no shame in getting a therapist who can help your kids through this. And, you know, it is, it can be a really rough transition. Yeah. I love the, the piece where you simply ask, like, how does this make you feel? Hmm. Because oftentimes the go-to is to talk, talk, talk. But when you ask the open-ended how did that make you feel? How does this make you feel when you go to your dad's house or whatever it is? It gives them the freedom to express. Yeah. And we really, as parents, have to watch our faces. Yeah. <laughs> because um, I see this a lot in in other parents that are getting divorced. Like, I'm so far out from it now. Like, I'm, I'm pretty, like, steady, like, with I I would hope (laughs) because I'm just not feeling like super emotionally affected by it anymore. It does get better people. Like if you're just getting divorced now, it does get so much better. The relationships between um, you and your ex. Um, But when the kids are coming to you, like you have to make sure that you promise them you're not going to get angry and you really have to hold yourself to it and have that empathy for your child and realize like, even if they're telling you that something is happening at the other house that they are upset about, like they cannot be concerned about your feelings. Mm. They need to be able to share what is happening over there and know that you are not going to fall apart because of what they're sharing. 
your job is to be that steady person who can take care of the problem and not make it bigger for them. You know, it's it's a theme in your life that you've had to be the steady person. You know, when you walk through your cancer diagnosis, it's something that as a human being, no matter how old you are, is a terrifying thing to walk through. I'm curious as a parent how you handled your own emotions with facing your own mortality and just the scariness of the diagnosis while staying calm for your child, your child or children. Yeah. Um, so I, I've never been so grateful to be divorced in my entire life mm-hmm. because I was diagnosed at 4 PM on a Friday afternoon on my daughter's weekend with her dad. Mm. And so she had was already on her way to his house. <laughs> and I got this diagnosis um, that I definitely was not expecting to get. And so I'm laying on this table and this doctor is talking to me about like, you know, I need to have a biopsy of my breast done. And I said, you know, well, what is like like, what are you thinking? And he, you know, what is like, why do I need to have this biopsy? And he said, do you want me to be Frank? Wow. And I was like, yeah, I think I do. (laughs) And he said, what I'm seeing can be nothing other than cancer. Wow. And I just immediately went into shock and I'm sure he could see it on my face. I'm not sure whether he was used to diagnosing people with cancer or not. But he was not very good at it. And he said, <laughs> he said, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you're going to die. Wow. I was like. Maybe I wasn't I thinking wasn't. that. <laughs> I wasn't actually thinking that. I was thinking nothing. Like my brain was blank. And then I immediately went to my daughter's tearful face at my funeral And like blanked out the rest of what he was saying, which was that this looks early stage, like breast cancer is a very survivable cancer, like all these things. I'm like, you could have started with that. Right. Please start with that (laughs) next time. Oh my goodness. He needs a lesson in bedside manner. Yeah. It didn't, it wasn't super great. Um, Were you alone? I was was alone. So hard. Um, It was awful. Um, The good news was my dad is a doctor and my mom is a nurse. And they live in another state, and the doctor, I called them, and he explained the entire thing to them. Oh, nice. Thank God, because over the course of the next weekend, I kept convincing myself he didn't actually say I had cancer. (laughs) I mean, how smart of you to be like, can you please explain this to my parents on the phone? So that, like, there's a second party, because in that moment, you're so full of shock. How are you going to actually retain and remember everything he told you? Yeah, absolutely. Other than, you know, <laughs> thinking about my child. Yeah. I I think the thing that I really realized quickly after that diagnosis was how little there was out there for young people with cancer. Mm. Because, um, you know, about a year after my diagnosis, I went to this big summit for a nonprofit called Young Survival Coalition, and it's for young breast cancer survivors. There were about 500 of us there and the number of us who had children, I mean, we were all at like the little booths and stuff, collecting pens and stuff to take home for our kids. And yet there was nothing out there 
for us to help our children. And the more moms I talked to, the more they were like, I can handle anything. I am just worried about my kids. Mm. Um, and, and that was really what my experience was too. Um, and so when it came to explaining to my daughter what was going on, I immediately reached for a book yep. and I ordered like six of them and I did not like that. I was going to um, say, did any stand out to you? Yeah, they didn't work. Um, some of them I didn't even order because they looked terrifying. Yeah. The ones that I did order didn't explain what cancer actually was. And from my you know research, from my experience working with younger kids, I understood like they need things to be explained just like adults do, but in just a simplified way. Like they need to understand what's going on and how this is actually going to affect them. And so I didn't even use the books. Um, and I basically figured out my own way of explaining to her how cells work in the body, how mm. they split, how they're like building blocks. Wow. You know, that never run out of blocks because they can make new ones anytime they want. And she was like, it really helped because I just said, you know, sometimes one of those cells gets broken. And all it remembers how to do is make more cells, but none of them know what they're doing. And before long, there's just like a big clump of cells that are broken and they're crowding out all of the ones that are doing their jobs. And the more cells there are that are broken, the harder it is for the body to work. So we have to get rid of the broken cells. That is so cool how you just explained (laughs) that, you know. I, this is off topic, but I just got a book in the mail. Um, it's the uh, Life of Jackie Robinson, and, and it's one of my previous guests, Andrea Thorpe. And it explains racism in a way that kids can really just understand exactly Whoa. how you just explained mm-hmm. cancer. You know, yeah. I think we think we have to have these like big, profound, massive like overload conversations with our kids, but a lot of times they need these very basic pieces yeah. to understand, okay, you know, in a concrete way that isn't so confusing. So what I love about this and what I love about the Jackie Robinson book too from my other guest is that both of you saw a need mm-hmm. to educate our kids and you did something about it. So tell us about your books your your company. I want to hear what you do, what you have to offer for other parents who are walking through what you walked through and you felt like you didn't have those resources. Yeah, absolutely. I think the real key is telling kids the truth. Yeah. You just tell them the truth in a simplified way they can understand because a lot of those books were like, you know, there's a monster in mommy. <laughs> oh gosh. Or, I know, right? <laughs> or like you know, mommy's got an owie. It's like, it's not an owie. Like we can explain this. Um, and so what I did was through my treatment, um, my cancer actually was more advanced than they thought it was. I didn't think I was going to have to have chemo or anything. Um, and I did. So, um, during my treatment, I wasn't working. And I, the thing that kept me going was basically illustrating and writing this book that explained what cancer was from a scientific perspective, and then how it would affect a child's life. Mm. So the book is called What Happens When Someone I Love Has Cancer. 
And it explains that scientific, you know, what cancer is. And then it also, you know, kids from a developmental perspective, life revolves around them. Like they want to make oh, sure yeah. they be okay, but they also need to know like, okay, so this thing is happening, but what does that mean for me? Yes. Like, what is going to happen? And so it pairs really nicely with the calendar because I created this line of, um, buttons that basically will keep track of all the things who is dropping them off at school and picking them up because during treatment that changes and it's scary. They think, what if somebody forgets me? Yeah, You know, uh, it also explains like during chemo, sometimes you can really tell which days you're going to feel bad, uh-huh. um, and which days you're going to feel better and depending on where you are in the chemo cycle. So there's ones that will, explain, you know, this is probably going to be a good day. This is going to be a tired day. And then the thing that was most game changing for us is I was so tired. I couldn't even come up with ideas of things for us to do together to stay connected. And so it came, it comes with a list of ideas and little buttons that kids have control over that they can choose something light to do together and you can set a timer for 15 minutes and they can choose like playing cards or making kindness rocks or craft time or watch a movie or watch YouTube together um, so that you can keep your connection going even when you're exhausted. Mm. Um, So once I put that up, I was like, I need a book for divorce. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like, because I didn't like any of the books that were out there for divorce. They were very, like, they have a lot of really excellent, one of the greatest books is called The Invisible String. And basically that is a good one for separation anxiety because it's all about how whether someone is close to us or they're far away, we're all connected by an invisible string. So things like that were, like, super helpful, but they didn't explain what divorce was. (laughs) you know so to add a book to my arsenal you know that explained what divorce is how it would affect her day-to-day life um I felt like that was something kids needed so I had a book for divorce and a book for when a parent has cancer and then someone came to me and said I love your book for cancer and I love your calendar but my child has cancer Mm. and I'm wondering if there's a book you would recommend for a child to explain their own cancer diagnosis and I was like no but I need to yeah and calendar too and she said this woman told me that she had um been told by a social worker halfway through her son's uh treatment that she needed a calendar to show him when he was going to have all those treatments. And she said, I wish she would have just handed me one because I was so overwhelmed. I couldn't even deal with it. Like think to like go get on Amazon or whatever and order it. Well, there, it wasn't anything. Yeah. Nothing. And she would have had to think like, what are the things he's worried about? You know, there was nothing. And everything would have to be DIY. And -hmm. when you're in the middle of something stressful, you can't handle DIY. No. So I worked with her and uh, a 12 year old who had cancer and like a couple other people to like put together a calendar and a first draft of a book. And then I went to child life specialists who are the people who help kids who are going through treatment. And I worked with like three of them, one at Notre Dame, 
Um, oh, cool. you know, like to put together this book. And then I ran a Kickstarter over last summer um, to donate these to hospitals. And so um, I'm <laughs> because of COVID, it took so long for the books to get here from overseas, these kits um, that I'm just now starting to send them out. They have just gotten off the boat. And <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to hospitals to hand to parents. Yeah, every single hospital in the United States. Really? Yeah. So I'm wow. really about it. And I started a nonprofit organization um, to get funding to keep this going because I don't want hospitals to have to worry about funding in order to get these to kids. And each one comes with a book and a calendar and a set of static cling um, reusable stickers so that kids know what they can expect out of their own treatment. Wow, that is so, so cool. Anything you can hand a parent who is like facing this like unimaginable situation to make their life easier and their kid's life a little bit more just know to know for the kids to know like okay what's next like we said earlier what do I expect you you want to yeah. know what you're gonna what to expect is gonna happen that's so good hey friends today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Prevenex if you are looking for a place to get vitamins for your children look no further than Prevenex They also have multivitamins and supplements for adults as well that are clean and effective. This is where I get all of my vitamins and supplements. Their children's vitamins, my kids love, they're called Supervites, contain optimal forms and amounts of key vitamins, minerals, and antioxidants that support children. Low in sugar from natural sources, preservative, artificial additive, and junk free. Also soy, dairy, and gluten free. Here's what's really cool about their Supervites. They have a give back program. So for every bottle sold, they give a bottle away to malnourished children around the world. This is a great company and these are great products to put into your body. You can learn more about Prevenex when you go to Prevenex.com. And if you want to check out their vitamins, supplements, protein powder, kids vitamins, Use the code Lindsay15, that's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5, and you'll save 15% off your order. This is a company you can feel good about purchasing from. All right, friends, enjoy the rest of my conversation with Sarah Olsher. Now, your company is Mighty and Bright Co. Talk about that and then the nonprofit. What's the nonprofit called? The nonprofit is called Resilience Campaign. Okay. It's all about building resilience in children, um, and it's really a lot easier than we expect it to be. Um, Mighty and Bright is my publishing company, so I have books for divorce and cancer, and I'm about to release another one that's just for general change, um, hmm. and that one is for because the thing is, lots of kids struggle with transitions. Oh lots yeah, of with change, um, and new so schools. I, like anything. Yes. It's it is new new siblings, new yeah. dog, new teacher, new desk at school. <laughs> all the things. It, it's all hard. And so the name of that book is called Nothing Stays the Same. Oh, but it's wow. Okay. That sounds so good. Nothing stays the same, but it's okay. Do you ever feel like do you feel like this is your life's mission? One hundred percent. And I think 
I knew that, um, like when I developed the, the co-parenting calendar, I did know that on like some level, but it wasn't until I was diagnosed with cancer and I realized like the depth of human suffering, yeah. you know, like, and what it is to really be in crisis. You know, my, my goal is to create a book and calendar set for all sorts of things, you know, when families are facing crisis of any kind and even just general changes. Like you think about foster kids that are going into the system, they're going from a life of having total chaos to now having structure Mm -hmm. and to have a, have a visual way to show them what structure is like and make them feel safe in a completely new environment. Like these are things that children really need help with. And that's my goal. And what I definitely know is my mission in life is to help families with change. That's so cool. Yeah. One of my best friends is fostering right now. And I'm like, wow, that would be so cool for her to like have this little calendar that he can look at and say, this is what we're doing on these days. And even if he goes back to his family he can take a little calendar with him so he can feel yeah. that structure in his own life and kind of take ownership on it. Yeah, the ownership piece is so important because, you know, like you were mentioning earlier, you have this big calendar and it's all color coded and I have one of those too. Um, but the key with with these calendars is that it's something the kid owns and it doesn't have the cat's vet appointment on yeah. it. Like it is theirs they're in charge of it and they actually end up attaching to it like they would a stuffed animal that they love. Like it is their thing and mm-hmm. it is a reminder of their structure, of their safety, not not how they fit into the bigger picture, but how they how they are. And and so yeah, like the calendars for kids with cancer, they're taking them back and forth between the hospital and home. You know, for like you were mentioning, a kid in foster care, it can show when they're going to have visits with their biological parents. And then when they're reunited, they take that calendar with them. It's it's really powerful. And it's so simple. I love how simple it is, because as somebody who's been living in crisis mode for the past decade, you know, I am all about keeping things as absolutely simple as they can be. And you, when you're in crisis, you cannot read like a thick book that like how to parent. Yeah. Like during a crisis, you're just not able to. No, not happening. I love how simple it is. It makes, and it makes things easier. It's not a thing you have to nag your kids to do Mm. because they're asking the questions. This, this book, this calendar, these are answering the questions that they have that maybe you didn't even know they have. And so they're initiating it, which I think is the cool thing. Okay. So two questions that you have probably been asked a lot in your life. (laughs) One, what should friends do for someone going through a divorce? And then two, what should friends do for someone going through a cancer diagnosis? Yeah, I think um, I actually wrote two blog posts on Mighty and Bright about these things because I, because People were searching for it online. And I think that's wonderful because I support is the number one thing people need just to feel like they are part of a community. And there's a list of products and things that you can give um, like blankets or socks or whatever 
But I think the number one thing, at least for me as a parent, was feeling like my daughter was supported. So taking taking the kids out on play dates or offering to drive them places, that's especially true when you're going through treatment, um, just to kind of be the village, you know, that, um, that we always talk about needing. When you're in crisis, you 100% need it. And sometimes you have to force it on people because asking for help, especially as a single parent, mm. it is so hard. But you really need to ex- expect that um, you need to expect that people are going to have a hard time accepting it. And you just have to keep pushing and saying, I want to help you. It will make me feel good to help you. Mm. And we have to learn as people accepting help, you know, you really are creating a family for your an extended family for your children during a really hard time. And they need other adults to trust too. you know, is there ever too much checking in? No. However, especially during cancer to send text messages and expect not to get a response. Yeah. And say when you're sending that text message, just checking in, letting you know I'm thinking about you. Please don't feel like you need to respond. Mm, okay. That's because good. that is really freeing. I used to send a girlfriend of mine um, who was in treatment just random emojis. Uh-huh. Know, and be like, I just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you. Do not respond. Like, <laughs> here's, here's some dancing salsa girls for you. So fun. <laughs> so what about sending funny stuff? Or is that annoying? Because you're like, nothing's funny. My life is hard. No. Laughter is so helpful. And the other thing that my um, my partner's mom did for me during my treatment that is, it just really made me happy. Mm. She sent me a card every week in the mail. And it just made me feel so good that she had been thinking of me every week and sent me something physical in the mail And there's a line of cards by Emily McDowell. They're called empathy cards. And she has some that are specific for cancer um, because she's a cancer survivor. And one of them um, I sent to one of my girlfriends when she was in treatment. And it said, um, when life gives you lemons, I I promise I won't tell you about my aunt who died from lemons. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) really hilarious stuff and like really just made me feel like seen Uh um I think it was really important I love that your partner's mom did the card every single week because sometimes we get in the mode like I had a neighbor whose father just passed away and I'm like I got her a card put some chocolates in her mailbox and in my mind we're not super close but I'm like okay I checked the box like I made sure I reached out but it's like well what's stopping me from reaching out to this neighbor I don't know super well in two weeks you know it's like that keeping it going I love that idea yeah it was incredible because treatment feels like it goes on I mean it went on for a year and a half I mean honestly it's never really over right um but the really like tough like physical stuff was a was so long, and people sent my daughter things, and that was really awesome um, to send her things. I would have loved to receive um, the calendar and book um, for my daughter. Um, people sending things like little craft boxes for us to do together, or for her to be entertained. That's a great um, idea. 
Yeah. One of my girlfriends dropped off a unicorn themed gift package. I love it. Like a unicorn bag. And it was just every single unicorn thing she could find at paper source. It was awesome. I love that. Well, and you know, like even as parents who aren't walking through hardships, like it's always like if you're going to get my kid a gift, get them a gift that like take some time for them to like play with and and create and do something with like make it be something that takes time because that's what you want Mm -hmm. you want your kid to be entertained and to be doing things Mm -hmm. so yeah I love that idea Um, yeah it was great so I have a whole list on my website I can share it with you okay what's your website it's mightyandbright.com so friends if you know someone walking through any of these things Sarah has amazing gift ideas to send to them. And it's one of those things too, like you say with the text messages, send the message and say, don't feel like you have to respond. Send the calendar and say, don't feel like you have to use this, but if it's helpful, here you go. Yeah. Yeah, And drop the unicorn themed bag at the door and leave. Yeah. Because it's so tiring and to just like engage with people. It's not that you don't want to. It's that you are just so exhausted. You can't, like, you can't even have a five-minute conversation. Yeah. So leaving the things and going means so much. What is your advice to someone who might be walking through divorce? Accept help. Mm. And I would say the second thing is really put your kids first. And... I think we hear that a lot as people who are going through divorce, but we don't necessarily know what it means. And it means focus on healing together as a family before you bring some of someone else in. I think a lot of people who are going through divorce are like, freedom! Yeah. And they're like, when can I get on Tinder? Or like, what's the latest dating app? And it's like, your kids really need a stable foundation of what this new life looks like before you start bringing other complications in. So just really try and keep that stable. And if you are going to date, I'm not saying you can't date, but don't introduce your kids to somebody for like a year. Yeah. Because the last thing they need to do is get attached to somebody and have that person leave. Oh, so hard. Okay. Then advice to someone who has a new cancer diagnosis. Community find community. Um, There are so many people online now, including me. Um, I'm on Instagram at Mighty and Bright Co. And if anybody wants to DM me, I will 100% give them every resource that I know that would fit their specific diagnosis. There's a lot out there for breast cancer um, that's easy to find, less that's easy to find for colon cancers or leukemias. So, um, Yeah, like there's, but there's a lot out there, especially on Instagram, find that community so that you feel seen and you, you feel like you're not alone because you're not alone, unfortunately. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot of us and and it's a great community. Sarah, thank you so much for sharing all of this. We will link everything in the show notes. What's something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you haven't done yet? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I want to learn Reiki. Is that like poem stuff? No, it's like um, energy healing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Learn how to do that. (laughs) Well, I want you to come do it to me once you learn how to do it. Because my shoulders feel really tense right now. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel like that's super cool. I just want to learn about it. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I don't know. I was thinking of like haikus <laughs> when I said <laughs> poems. <laughs> it sounds similar. But I remember learning about Reiki in some some course I took in college. I don't know what it was, but I do now that you say it, I do remember. What is a book? What is a best, most recent book you've read that you recommend to our listeners? I am addicted to reading. Um, I have been recently gobbling up everything by Karen McQuestion. Okay, she's like I don't know whether she's. Um, I don't know whether she's like a Kindle author or what, because I read everything on my Kindle, but she has so many different books and I have loved all of them. Okay. Karen McQuestion. Yeah. Okay. And do you have a kid's book outside of yours, of course, that you recommend? Yeah. Yeah. I actually was just looking at one recently. It's called Dear Girl. <gasps> I love um, that book. It's so good. Um, it's by Amy Krauss Rosenthal and Paris Rosenthal. And a girl, a uh, friend of my mom, gave gave her this to give to us. Uh, it's just so inspiring. I just, I love the, like, girl power kind of books. You know, I have four boys, but we mm-hmm. have Dear Boy. And it's, right. so I haven't read Dear Girl but it's, I'm assuming it's equally as good as Dear Boy. And that, that is, read Dear Boy. Yeah. <laughs> that's our go-to book though, Dear Boy. My four-year-old knows it by heart. So I, I also love that book. Yeah. The other one that I love that's completely not related to anything inspirational, but it's just fun is called The Snatch-A-Book. Okay. It's really cute. It's about this like little monster guy who like comes and steals all the books. And it's a rhyming book, so it's really fun to read. The and my daughter remembers the Snatch a Book. Okay. That's the name of the little monster guy who steals old books. He's so cute. I <laughs> love that. Well, you know, my go to now, my go to gift for anybody having a baby is a thing of diapers and dear boy or dear girl. That's that's like then you don't have to think about it anymore. You know that's what you do. You get the book yes. and you get the diapers. Boom. Yes. Love it. Perfect. Okay. Perfect. What is your last message, Sarah, that you want to leave with our audience today? You got this. You know, you got this. Because you, if you have community, if you have people that have been through it before, you can do it too. You're not, you never know how strong you are until you are forced to learn hands-on. I love it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Sarah, for coming on the show Make sure you check out Mighty and Bright and all they have to offer. What a smart gift idea to someone going through a hard time. Mighty and Bright Co. is their Instagram page. You can find this podcast on Instagram. We are why is everyone yelling? And you can find me personally. I am Lindsay Hine 626 over there. All right, friends. Thank you so much for being here today. Have a really great rest of your day and we will see you next week on Why Is Everyone Yelling?